Hi everyone, welcome to Clearview Community Church Online. My name's Clayton and I'm one of the pastors here. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And it's really a privilege to be with you today and share a few thoughts that I hope help you as you follow Jesus. Now we're looking at Luke chapter 13 verses 18 to 20 today. And in it, Jesus gives us two really small parables or stories to explain what he's doing. So let's first establish what's what's happening around him. Jesus, he's been speaking at a synagogue service as he travels. And this woman arrives and he heals this woman on the Sabbath. And this causes all kinds of, of chaos amongst the religious leaders. But Jesus, he's doing multiple things at one time. Primarily, he's healing this woman. She's been crippled for 18 years with a really bad back held down. And he gives her freedom from what was holding her down physically for so long. But then secondly, Jesus is confronting the thoughts of the day and the day and the age that make the rules more important than the people. Now, many of the Sabbath restrictions placed by the religious leaders, they simply made no space for grace, no space for mercy, and, and no space to remember and celebrate that we are not held down by others, but instead we are free because of God's great power in our lives. And so we have this dramatic scene of, of breaking down barriers, a moment of remembering and witnessing freedom from bondage, and then Jesus speaks up to what was possibly a stunned crowd. Luke 13 tells us that some, after this healing miracle, were humiliated in the room and some were delighted because they could see what God was doing. And then we get to our verses, 18 to 20 today. And so here's what it says. It says, Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched on its branches. And again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like yeast that a woman took and, and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. So it's probably important to clarify one thing before we dive in. Jesus does not claim that he has arrived on the scene to start a religion. He doesn't come in saying that these are the new rules. He doesn't come and arrive and, and doesn't start a new social justice movement. He does not start a club. He does not start an organization. He does not sell, start a self-help group or a faith-based charity. Jesus comes and declares to the world that he is presenting and establishing and leading a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. It's a kingdom that belongs to God, is ruled by God, and those who live inside that kingdom live completely different to the world around them. Jesus does not come to set up a religion. He's come to establish a kingdom. Because in religion, people simply do what's always been done over and over again. But in a kingdom, those who belong to it have relationship with the king. There's an established relationship and an allegiance to the king who rules as Lord over their own kingdom. But the kingdom of God, it's going to look different. You know, and we see that briefly in the Beatitudes in Luke chapter 6. Jesus states, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, most kingdoms weren't built to accommodate, much less celebrate, those who lived in poverty. But the kingdom of God is different. And here we get these two pictures of the kingdom. First, like a mustard seed planted and growing into a tree and the birches, birds 
perch on it. And maybe you've seen a mustard seed, it's ridiculously tiny. You can probably fit you know, 25 or 40 of them just on the space of your fingernail. They're minuscule, little things, but the tree that grows from it can grow up to 20 feet high and equally 20 feet across spanning its branches. The tree in comparison to the size of the seed, it's a bit of an oxymoron. You know, animals like birds used it as a place of rest. They use it as a place of protection and sustenance. And then you get the second picture, the yeast and 60 pounds of flour. Again, yeast, it's incredibly small, while 60 pounds of flour is a massive pile. And mixing that yeast throughout the dough meant that the yeast, it's impossible to either find or to remove. It's worked its way all the way through the dough. It's an irreversible addition to that giant pile of flour. And so today I have four observations about these two short descriptive stories about God's kingdom. First, the kingdom of God, it starts with a choice. Second, the kingdom of God changes everything. Third, the kingdom of God isn't just about me. And lastly, it just takes a little. So it starts with a choice. It seems to me like that's a great place to start with that idea that the kingdom of God starts with a choice. First of all, the choice to give your allegiance to a kingdom is to do so voluntarily. And Jesus goes from town to town, from community to community, and from person to person, and he offers them the hope of a new kingdom. But he's offering it to them. He's not threatening them. He's not intimidating them. He's offering a choice. You see, typically in the ancient world, a kingdom would be established through one of two ways. Option one, the present ruling king dies. And the kingdom then is passed along or passed down to the oldest living son or the designate. Now, the other option was that there was a violent overthrow of the present ruling king and someone had to murder him. Whether it was an invading army or a local overthrow, that new king is established through violence. People wouldn't have much say in the matter, though. Their allegiance would be required to whoever sat on that throne. But what do we learn about the choice we are presented with in the kingdom of God in this parable? Well, in order for a mustard seed to grow into a tree, it has to be planted. And in this short parable that Jesus gives, a man plants that seed. He chooses to do so. In the parable of the flower, the woman making the bread stands in front of the the flower and mixes the yeast into the dough. Neither of these actions, planting a seed or or mixing the yeast, neither of those are accidental. Both are intentional decisions that begins a process that they take part in, a tree growing or dough forming and rising. I think the first thing we need to realize is that the kingdom of God starts with a choice for you and I. We are presented with that choice. Is Jesus going to be the king of my life or not? Now, the Bible often uses the word Lord for this idea. Is Jesus Lord of my life is the question. And many times in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as our Lord and Savior. To call Jesus Lord means to put him in charge of our life, but that starts with the choice to do so. Now, the second thing that we can notice is that the kingdom of God, it changes everything. It's like a seed. But once that seed is planted, that is no longer a seed anymore. It's a plant. It's a shrub. It's a tree. It creates wood and more seeds. It creates branches and leaves and provides shade and sustenance. The kingdom is like yeast added to a flower. 
which means it's no longer a pile of flour and a pile of yeast. When it's combined, it's a pile of dough that soon turns to bread. Both of these pictures indicate to us that things, yeah, they take time, but they're not what they used to be. You know, when you or I make that choice that I spoke about, to make Jesus Christ our Lord and King, things change. Everything changes. Sometimes at a pace that we like, or sometimes maybe slower. Sometimes it's like baking bread, a big change in a few minutes. Other times, it's like growing a tree from a seed, slow but impactful. When the New Testament writers explain what has happened to someone's life when they make Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior, they use terminology like being born again or that we have become a new creation and the old is gone and the new has arrived. Everything changes. What was is not anymore and what is is brand new. The kingdom of God changes everything. And this kind of leads me into the third point. While the kingdom of God is a choice, yes, and, and the kingdom of God changes everything, yes. Thirdly, the kingdom of God isn't just about me. It's really interesting that in the idea of this mustard tree, that Jesus makes mention that the birds perch on its branches. To me, it's not a necessary addition in order to understand what, something of what he's communicating here, but he chooses to add this statement. Why? I think Jesus wants us to know that the kingdom of God in our hearts, in our lives, while it is about our own personal relationship with the king, it's also not just for us, but for others too. See, birds that rest or perch on the branches of a tree, it's often used in the ancient world writing as a symbol for all the nations of the earth gathering. The birds come from all directions and settle on the same tree. So as we keep pulling that thread, if the birds or the nations of the world all come from all directions and come to rest on that tree, the kingdom of God, then I see that this new kingdom is not just for me and not just about me, it's about others too. The parable of the mustard seed turning into a mustard tree speaks to the kingdom of God's extension throughout the entire world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not something to be hoarded and kept as a personal secret. The saving and transforming powerful message of Christ crucified and risen from the dead is a message that everyone needs to hear. And the kingdom that he establishes is not to be gate-kept by those who are on the inside, but it's meant to be opened to anyone who would make Jesus Christ their king today. And there's also the bread to consider, 60 pounds of flour. Seems to me that there's a huge meal going on. Now, I like making bread, and in the summer I make dough and I let it rise in our sunroom of our house, and I use eight cups of flour, and that makes bread for a week, plus some for family or some for friends. So 60 pounds of flour is a massive batch of dough. There's enough bread there for the entire town in this parable. There's enough bread to feed every person that you are expecting, to feed every bird that is possibly going to perch on the tree, and even some you weren't expecting. So it is with the kingdom. When Jesus tries to describe it, there is enough bread for everyone. And also with the bread dough, there's this realization that while it is available for all, the dough does not change itself. It changes by the yeast working from the inside out in the transforming power of that gospel of the kingdom. So when I look at the bread and I look at the tree, I see a picture of welcome and openness and invitation. 
Second Peter chapter three, verse nine says that God does not want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. So for those of us who are a part of the kingdom of God in the present, we remember it's not just about us. People matter so much to God that he invites us into his kingdom and invites us to invite them. And the seed grows in our hearts and lives and the yeast mixes and rises in our decisions and desires. But now we live in the responsibility. It's not just about me. This is for the nations of the world and for the people I know and love to be invited into the table and to eat of the bread of life. And now there's one last point, the kingdom of God. It just takes a little. Notice what the parable is lacking, an expert farmer, a PhD in agricultural studies. It doesn't require a master baker or a celebrity chef from the Food Network. Just a farmer with a tiny little mustard seed and a baker with these tiny little pieces of yeast. It just takes a little to make a huge difference. I don't mean that in a cliche way, but in full honesty, the picture of these two short parables is that a little makes a lot of impact. The mustard seed is tiny, but it means big business when it grows into a tree and it hosts the birds of the air and the people of all the nations. And the yeast, it invades every part of that dough and causes all of it to rise and grow and change completely in this 60 pound batch of bread. Jesus didn't say the kingdom requires expertise. It doesn't require brilliance. It just requires a little faith. And maybe you're listening today and there's a place in your life that you need God to make a big change. Maybe it's a situation that needs a miracle. Maybe we need to stop trying to create these giant strategies or make these grand plans and just say, God, I need one mustard seed's worth of a step forwards. Maybe today is the day that you're going to pray one prayer. Maybe today is a day where I'm going to read or listen to just one minute of the Bible. Maybe I'm going to say good morning to that neighbor. Just say good morning. But one mustard seed's worth of conversation, maybe that turns into a giant mustard tree of relationship and impact for the kingdom of God. Maybe it's one day of praying with your spouse. Maybe it's one mustard seed's worth of forgiveness to someone who has so deeply hurt you. There's something about a little that leads to a lot. Now remember where this all started. Jesus heals a woman in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And the leaders are upset. And while this woman and some others are absolutely thrilled about it, Jesus says the kingdom is like a mustard seed planted into a mustard tree. And it's also like a massive pile of flour that has yeast mixed into it. His parables are not out of place, but he is showing people that this healing miracle is one seed planted into the life of that woman, who as her own faith grows into a great tree, she experiences her own version of the nations of the world resting and experiencing the kingdom of God through her. Why does Jesus use these parables in this moment? Because I think he wants people to realize this is not the end. 
The woman's healing is not the end of this kingdom and this kingdom's impact. This kingdom is going to continue to grow from the inside out. It will continue to grow like a tree and grow deep and wide and invite and draw the nations to Jesus. It will continue to grow inside the dough like yeast, completely transforming people around the world. It's just the beginning. The kingdom of God changes everything. The kingdom of God is not just about me. The kingdom of God just takes a little. But don't forget the first point. The kingdom of God starts with a choice. The people standing there in that moment of that woman's healing, they demonstrate two responses to a choice. To accept or reject Jesus' new kingdom where he is the Lord and the Savior. And this is what's fascinating about scriptures for me, is that a story from some random synagogue in the middle of nowhere 2,000 years ago has wildly impactful and incredible applications for today. Today, we are presented with the same responses, the same choice to accept or reject Jesus' new kingdom where he is the Lord and Savior. Like I said, Jesus doesn't come to start a religion where you have to base your life around rules and regulations. He came to offer you a relationship where he rescues you from the things in this life that hold you down and that bind you up. He came to take care of the sin problem once and for all on the cross and in his resurrection. And he offers you a place of new life and of a new kingdom and of a new relationship with him as your Lord and Savior. So let's pray together today. God, we thank you that there is a kingdom that is of grace and mercy and love. A kingdom of peace in a world that seems that those things are taken away from us so often and so quickly. And so today, my prayer is that for those who have never thought about the kingdom and relationship to you, that you offer us, that you would speak to those hearts. And for those of us who follow you, God, I pray you would remind us that it is not about me. It's about you. It's not about my kingdom. It's about yours. And so we thank you for your great love today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today at Clearview Community Church. Now, for anything you would like to know, information about our church, uh, its Sunday morning services, its youth and children's programs, its community outreach, or just to reach out for prayer or simply to say hi, feel free to connect with us through our website, clearviewcommunity.church. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.